Plantation SDA Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for our weekly discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with Season 2 of The Bible Unmasked. Hello and welcome again to The Bible Unmasked. We are so glad that you have come and joined us again this evening and we are happy to have our guest with us today, and that is Pastor Jen. Welcome, Pastor Jen. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's good to be with you. Yes. Okay, so today, Dexter, episode 30, we're going to be looking at Philemon. And Philemon, you have chosen here as our theme is forgiveness and reconciliation. Right. And, you know, Philemon's the story is... Um, he has a slave that ran away named Onesiphorus, and Paul connects with Onesiphorus. They, they, he ministered to Paul in such an, uh, an amazing way that Paul wanted Philemon to take him back, but no, not as a slave, but now as a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation, and Pastor Jen would, would kind of break that down for us. I'm leaving it to the big wigs to <laughs> give us the wisdom. Now, why, why did I ask Pastor Jen? Besides, I've been desperately trying to get her for <laughs> a long time. Um, but why Philemon's? Why Pastor Jen and Philemon's? Here's why. Pastor Jen has been one of the most, um, let me use the word authentic and transparent preacher I have heard in a while. Uh, and Pastor Jen, I want you to know you are Elizabeth's favorite preacher. That, that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> you, you, you preach and, and Liz is like, well, at least I understand her. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say? Come out and say it, you know. Um, but Pastor Jen has been really transparent, authentic. She's shared some stories that I'm like, oh. I'm not sure I would have shared that story, mm. but you you have a lot of backbone. Um, I mean, I one of your one of your first sermons at Plantation, you were talking about being pregnant um, out of wedlock. Yes, and, and you know, you know, one number one people. There's still a segment of yes. our church that struggles with women in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then now you're sharing a story like that. How scandalous. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but so up front, you were telling, you were introducing yourself to us, the type of ministry you would bring to us. And it's a ministry of authenticity, a ministry of transparency. Um, you were helping us as a church to be naked and not ashamed. Um, hmm. And I, I guess through your ministry, we have experienced what the unconditional love of God looks like in a practical way. Amen. So, so Philemon's is that kind of story where he Paul is challenging him um, to do forgiveness, to do reconciliation. And I, I couldn't think about a better match to really talk us through these difficult, heart-wrenching discussions, but you. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That, that I, I'm honored. And, you know, I just wanted to, to make an aside when, when, when you mentioned my, my, one of my first, I think that was my second sermon ever preached at plantation, maybe the third. I'm not, I, I'm not <laughs> sure, but I, I remember, you know, I remember getting prepared for this sermon and I've preached it at other 
we, we've lived everywhere, right? As, as you would know. And um, different reactions, different reactions everywhere. Um, when, when I was in seminary and we had to practice, you know, we had to practice in front of the class, different types of sermons, et cetera. And I did this one. And, you know, what's funny is immediately, um, you know, there's good feedback, there's bad feedback, but immediately after the feedback was over and now the pull aside conversations come, right? I, I was approached by my, my, my seminary colleagues, never do that again. You know, don't, 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 I would, you know, this is good that you're practicing on us here, but when you get out to the real preaching, um, don't do it there because you, you, you might lose your job or you're going to already, you're, you're, you're already going to start people's um, bad perceptions of you and you don't want that. And in other churches that I've done it, you, you always have mixed reactions. Some people steer clear away from you, come steer clear away from me when I'm at the door. Others come and, and are just like, wow, thank you for sharing. So when I did this at Plantation, I was thinking that I was going to do it. I, I was telling myself, I'm going to do this like two years down the line, <laughs> two years down the line. So, so people can get to know me first, love me first. But then I realized as I was th looking at this sermon, I was thinking, you know, one of these days, you know, how, how the Internet is, is so, you know, unforgiving sometimes. What we're saying now is going to be recorded forever, you know, and and I realized if people wanted to dig into my past, it's really easy because sermons are shared everywhere online. Right. And if, if I don't approach this now, if I don't be open and upfront about who I am now. Mm -hmm. Later on, the skeleton will come back right. and will be boom. And so I thought, no, let's begin. Let's begin um, my ministry here with, with truth. Right. And e even as hard as the truth is, let's say it, because these are the issues that even now today we're still struggling with. Who right. speaks about pregnancy in church? And it happens still. People, pe women who um, young ladies are still ostracized. Right. Right. So so now we let's just do this now so that we we can say, hey, this is what's happened. But this is how God has has redeemed and restored. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. I, I know you, you haven't prayed as yet, Liz, but pa Pastor Jen is getting us carried away already. Sorry, we, sorry. Yes, we got we to gotta pray first. <laughs> but but I, I think, you know, I am. Um, I started a PhD in homiletics. So so I was being trained to teach preachers how to preach, prepare and deliver sermons. And so I'm really critical to an extent, which is not good or healthy, because then you don't get to sit and enjoy the messages. But I was I was really blown away because, like I said, it took a lot of courage. But I think you laid the groundwork for the type of preaching we should expect. And And, you know, you know, what happens with preaching is there's something called the halo effect. If, if when you so I travel and preach a lot, when you preach a really good sermon out the gate, even though your next messages may have you may have gone to Flunkersville with your next messages, <laughs> be, be, because you were so good from the jump, it, it colors people's perception of what they're hearing in your other messages. That's uh, mm. that's a preaching psychology. Mm -hmm. So every message you preached after that, I kept hearing authenticity. I kept hearing vulnerability. I kept hearing she's going to connect me with God on a deep level. I mean, the last oh, I think 
because I, you know, so I would have missed most of your sermons, right? <laughs> but the last one I heard is when you talk through Bathsheba, David and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, let's get on with um, having a word of prayer now. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, we um, thank you uh, for this time that we can um, be real with you and be and talk about you as a real God and yeah. how you have such unconditional love and forgiveness for us. And we want to ask for your wisdom and understanding all of this and that your Holy Spirit would be present and anointing our lips. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So if you want to grab your Bibles here, we are in Philemon, as we said, which is a little book right after Titus. We have your first and second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, um, and it's just right before Hebrews. So I'm going to be reading now um, Philemon um, verse nine. There's only one chapter here. So yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Mm. So our tip here is when someone could appeal to your conscience, it says you have one. It also speaks to their high expectations of you and your soft heart. So our question is, how do you appeal to people's conscience without it being manipulation? Mm-hmm. Help us, Pastor. <laughs> without it being manipulation. Um, how do you mimic what Paul did? Basically, you, you want somebody because, I mean, you've been a leader of people for a long time. You want to you want to you want to bring people to a place of um, um, of love, of forgiveness how do you do it without shaming them, without belittling them, without bullying them? How do you pull a pole on them? I go to, I, I don't look at it as manipulation. I, I go to a reminder. If I, if I know the person well enough, if, if the person has um, been authentic enough with me, safe with me, comfortable with me to share um, whatever it is, they have gone through in life and and perhaps I'll know a story, you know, perhaps I'll know some deep struggle they've had with, with forgiveness, reconciliation, et cetera. And it's happened for them. So right. we're, we're talking right now about, you know, forgiveness and, and such forth. Then I'll go, Hey, remember that time just a few months ago, um, a few years ago that, that this happened to you and wow. remember the struggle that you had and, and you know re- remember the heartache you know and they'll you know they'll be like you know yeah i remember that well you know what um where where you were then how you're feeling then and the relief that you felt when you were experiencing that forgiveness and restoration you know this person here now who is needing this from you Wow. Um, and, and I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to to guilt you into this, but remember, remember how it was for you. Right. And remember how you felt. Now, this person is feeling just as horrible, just as lost and broken. Right. And, right. and they and they need this now. And it's not even it's not even for them. Right. It, it, so sometimes this forgiveness and restoration might not even be for them. It's for it's for us you know, who was, who was giving it, it's affecting us. And, and if we can't give it, we're always going to be looking at somebody who has done something with that slight little grudge, right? Because we can't let go of it. 
Right. Or, or, right. or, or we'll say, we'll say, yeah, yeah, I forgive you. But then I, I forgive you. But then even, but then when I see you next, I'm just not going to look at you. I'm not going to greet you. But for that one thing, I forgive you. But if you can't, if you can't then talk to your brother or sister after that forgiveness and be in that better space, I'm not going to say everything. I'm not saying everything is going to go well, but sometimes these hurts are far deeper and cut and cut way more because of whatever was done. Right. Right. But, but you know, and, and I'm, and I'm not saying, well, you must forgive and then just be happy. It, it takes work. It takes work right. to do so. Right. But, but when you come, when you come to someone and you say, Hey, we need this reconciliation, not only for, for the peace of everybody, but you have to remember, and I'm not trying to guilt you into this, but remember where you were. And now you can offer this same peace to, to your brother, to your sister. Wow. That's how I would go about it. Preacher, you're crazy deep. Crazy, not crazy, but crazy deep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And here's the piece that I picked up that I really like that you just shared. That forgiveness is also for you. A lot of people don't realize that unforgiveness, I heard it said, it's like drinking poison, hoping that the other person would die. Yes. That, that, which absolutely don't make sense, right? Because you're injuring yourself. And, and what I got from what you just shared is how unforgiveness colors your perception of others. Then you mm -hmm. think others are going to be holding you in mind. Right. If you haven't, if you haven't learned to practice forgiveness. That, okay. I love that. I love that. One of my favorite forgiveness stories, since you talk about stories, is... Um, we had just gotten married and I, I, I forgot, I have six sisters, so I should have known better. Right. But I forgot how much a woman, Pastor Jen, <laughs> dances around in the bathroom, in the mirror before getting to church on time. Mm -hmm. so Elizabeth was dancing around and fixing this and fixing that. And man, I was so exacerbated. That's not even a word. I just made it up. That's how I felt. And I'm like, are you going to be on time? And boy, I got the, I saw the wrong side of her. She's like, you're not my father. <laughs> and let's just say, let's just say on the ride to church that Sabbath morning, it was silence in heaven for the space of half an hour. <laughs> it was very quiet. And she would hardly talk to me. We went to a picnic with church. She hardly talked to me during the picnic. Then in the <laughs> afternoon now, we had communion. <laughs> <laughs> and we pulled into the parking lot for communion. And before we left the car, I was about to jump out, enduring the silence of the saints. And then Liz says, we need to talk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, thank God for communion. That's you right. Spoken, you would have spoken to me in two weeks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, no, but see, when you talk about even car rides like this, we are so conditioned. As, I'm not even going to say, uh, not, not only as Adventists, but as Christians, right? We are so conditioned to present a happy, um, a happy face. So, you know, 
whatever happens on a Sabbath morning, whether you are just trying to run all the kids out of the house, your spouse, everything, and I don't know, cereal spilled on you and you got to change all over again. And, oh, you, you know, my sermon's not printing from the printer and everything is just haywire and you're fighting in the car, right? Blah, 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 blah. And the minute you get to church, you're like, shush. Elder so-and-so is coming up to greet us at a happy Sabbath. Welcome, <laughs> you know, and it, it was told to me back in, in, in Michigan. My, my oldest son caught it. He's like, I don't get it. What is up with all the masking? We are, you know, fighting on the way to church because we're just late and, and we're fighting in the car as we're unbuckling and whatever. And as soon as you all see, you know, church members, it's, it's, it's a complete change of mask and all of a sudden we all have to be nice or you mom and dad you're saying stop 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 right now so how then if if we're if we're truly church right if we're truly forgiving one one another how how are we supposed to switch off our mask real quick and then act like nothing has happened go through the whole church program and then once you get home we're still mad at each other yeah from what happened three hours before you know <laughs> good okay let's keep going now to verse 10 i appeal to you for my child whom i have begotten in my imprisonment onesimus though our tip here it is healthy to seek to have love motivate people and our question is what metaphors could we use to help us better appreciate and value and respect people wow back up to the first point you made the first question you had I, I like the idea of when people when people ask you to forgive somebody else is because they believe you have a soft heart is because they believe you have the ability through the grace of God to actually do the forgiveness and I like this question about metaphor I don't know if this makes sense to you Pastor Jen um, but I think that the, the point I was driving at is Paul intentionally was painting and portraying a picture of Onesiphorus as somebody different. Mm. My slave, he said, my son. And later on in the right. book, he said, look, this guy was, he was beneficial to me. He was a blessing for me. He was useful for me. So I think in, in so doing, he is now recreating a new image mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of who Onis, of who Philemon saw Onesiphorus as. Right. And I think this is a huge, a huge assist when you want to learn to forgive people. If 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 you can see them differently, let me, let me let you talk to that. Well, we're looking at we're, we're looking at Onis, Onesimus as as a slave. Right. He has run from um, his master's house. He's stolen. I, I think he's he, he's taken some. I, I think money because Paul Paul is um, saying if he's whatever money he's stolen, I'm going to give this back to you. So, in in Philemon's eyes, he looks like he's a bad slave. He's gone, and and, and should I take him back now? Now now now. Here's Paul saying, "Hey, the man that I have gotten to know, right." is filled with Christ. Right, he right. Is my, he's my son. I'm mentoring him. So now he's painting um, Onesimus as, as someone good, someone like totally opposite as, as what Philemon 
is thinking of. So I kind of think of this as as a recommendation letter, a refer a referral letter right, of right. sorts, right? That's good. I, I I've all I've got to know, you know, I've had to fill out several recommendations for for kids going to high school. And I know and for myself too. So when so you know I know my kids are cool. I know I'm just saying this off the record or on the record. I know my kids are nice, etc. You know, people at church come to me, oh your kids are so helpful. They're so polite. And my as a parent, your first thought is, yeah, man, but you should see them at home because, <laughs> blah, blah, you know, and 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 sometimes that comes out of my mouth until I begin to think to myself, because I'm connecting as a parent, I'm thinking, yeah, mm, yeah, but, you know, at, at home, they got attitude. But then I think, hold on, hold on. This is my thought of how my kids are in my in their safe env- environment. Right. But people. Other other church members are seeing other characteristics of themselves of them that that I as a parent may may overlook because I'm busy with the everyday grind. And right. so now when they're telling me, oh, they're wonderful, they're so helpful, they're patient, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, fantastic! Praise God that they are doing what we're asking them to do. Perhaps not at home. Because they're just kids, but now we tell them when you're out in when you're out in the world, when you're out with people, be as helpful as possible, do good. And so now it's coming back to me. So now I have to reshift my thinking. Now I can't I can't go back as a parent and say, yeah, but you know they're you know they're messy, their clothes are over the floor, whatever it is, as as they will be because they're kids. Now I have to think. Hold on, they are fantastic where they are where they're at. So now now that we have. Um, Paul saying, hey, here's a man that I've met. I know the man that you know, but this man has now changed. Here in my presence, he has become this and this and this. So it is important now that we as Christians, even even though we may personally know, even though we may have a personal, personal beef with somebody else in, you know, in the church or whatever, it is our job now to buoy them up, right? From what we see, you know, forget the personal thing that's going on with me, but what they, what we've seen their contributions are from how we see they have changed. Forget what we've experienced with them because that may have been in the past, but here they're changing. Let's go to that and let's preach to that. Let's lift up. Right. Let's lift up that person and that because now when that person's lifted up, they're going to turn around and go, hey, you know what? Pastor Dex thinks that about me. Pastor Dex said that about me. But I thought that we had this thing going on that that was wrong before. But but now he's saying good things. Huh? Am I really this? Am I really this person? Have I changed now? Am I good? And now when you start speaking well of people, when you start like a recommendation, when, a, when like a recommendation letter, when you start um, pulling out the good things now that they have done, that person too now will change and say, hey, this is how people see me. Oh, I'm doing well, which will also now reconnect to them and say, what more can I do now? Exactly. exactly. To, wow. to affect other people. How can I help? How can I build on? Um, the the good characteristics that people are seeing me change. How can I build on this and become an even better? I love person? that. I yes. love that. So so you're you're saying you're saying when you when you speak highly of people, mm-hmm. even if they're not that way all the time, it gives them something to live up to. Right. 
And some people may some people may take this as no, but you're lying about them. No. No, I'm not lying about them. This is what I've seen. Now you may not have seen it, but this is what I've experienced right. with but this I, person. I think to I think to I, I think what I'm getting from what Paul is doing is is you 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 need to try to see the best of others through other people's eyes, especially your family member that like, like you were saying earlier, you're around them all the time. So you, you know, you don't always see the, a lot of the good. So see what other people are seeing and develop new appreciation. Yes. For, yes. But yes. through other people's eyes, I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I like that. Well, and um, it doesn't Paul kind of allude to, he says also that, you know, okay, if, if um if there's anything that um, money that you need or whatever i will give to it so he's almost looking ahead to that you know he may make a mistake but i'm still forgiving him am i did i read that right. i think yeah i think what he was talking about is is if he anything and he, he passed it yeah oh, in the yeah. past so it's anything. not to the future yeah because i was quite amazed with him I was thinking, oh, even looking into the future, no, I, I, it's like I, forgiving before. I, I wouldn't take him back. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to well, be my money around you when he said for us. And, and 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 even in this, so so Paul's so Paul is trying to just clear the whole slate, right? For um, Onesimus, Paul, Paul is trying to take any shred of doubt from Philemon. He's trying to erase it. Man is, if you got money owed to you. I got you. I got it. You know, he, he's trying to clean the slate for him so that Onesimus goes back and there's nothing. They, they, they start again from, from a new place. Right. But yeah. I, I also think, though, another reason Philemon should have been really touched and moved. If Paul is willing to stand security as it were, and it's not security, right, which the Bible condemns, but he's willing to say, look, I'll cover him. If somebody's willing to, to back someone like that, it should give you an idea of how precious they see them. And right. even if it's somebody that may have wronged you, you have to stop and say, okay, what about them that brought such admiration, that brought that brought such a commitment right. from Paul that he's from this willing? person? Yeah. Yes, yes. So it's, it's back to the point, try to see the best of others through other people's eyes. If, if it's right. difficult for you to see it for yourself because they may have wronged you, mm -hmm. think about the other people who have been blessed and edified by them. Um, I, I like what Mahatma Gandhi once said. He said, you know, I, I try to see the good in people as all of them. And mm. I think that's a real healing perspective. And just one last thing I wanted to say about that is, though, it reminds me, though, that's really Paul is reflecting or, or doing exactly what Christ. Hello. Does. Yes. Yes. Hello. Hello. Preach it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> OK, let's keep going on here to verse 11 now. Who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me, referring then, of course, to Onesimus. So our tip here is people's potential for the kingdom should cause you to treat them differently. And our question is, how do we intentionally go after good reports about those close to us? Yeah, I think this is kind of building on my previous commentary about mm -hmm. looking for the eyes of looking through the eyes of others, um, the good. And I, you know, I, I, I did HR for a couple of years for a company. And I would, people had to, you know, send their resume and their recommendations. 
And I I really tried doubling down on why people, why did why did they work for you in the first place? You know, mm. what was so impressive about them? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's easy to find a lot of evil and gossip, you know, but I think we should be more intentional about seeking out good. Um, uh, preacher? Yes, yes. No, no, you're right. I, I'm thinking of um, Joseph when, when, when he went to, when he was a slave and he's working, you know, he's working for the household and he's, he's thrown into prison. He could have easily um, become bitter, right? right? right. He, he already had his brothers who had turned on him. And then quickly he, he, he gained trust um, with Potiphar's household. And, the, and then, you know, the wife turned on him, Potiphar turned on him. Now he's in prison. That bitterness could have, could have taken root and, and seeded um, all sorts of, all sorts of things. But, but now, but now I'm just thinking of him. He's thinking, okay, what, what can I do here in this place? And he just started doing the little things so that the, so that the prison guard was like, you know what? Hey, I trust you now. I don't know why you came in here. Why? Well, okay, I do know why you came in here, um, and et cetera. But I trust you now to 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 oversee this area. And and again, he profited from that. So whatever situation he was placed in, how bad it was, he still came out in game. Wow. So he instead of being bitter, he got yes. He, yeah. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Instead of bitter, better. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go on here to our last one now. And this is in verse 14. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. And I didn't want you to help because you were forced to do it, but because you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So our tip here is part of maturity is not using your clout to force people into decisions you deem good. It'll be taking a shortcut at the expense of their growth. So our question is, how do we remind ourselves not to take these shortcuts in co-hosting people into doing what we deem right? Now, this is a difficult one. Pastor Jen, and I I really wanted your wisdom on this as a Mm. parent, as a a leader. um, You mean, our church has probably 700 people showing up. You know, how do you pull this one off without taking the shortcut of just having them do it because you said to do it or... God said to do it. How, how do you get people to the place where they actually grow into loving the thing that's right to do? Uh, do you know? Oh, I'm not. I should, I'm not sure if I should share this, but um, <laughs> I just praise you for being vulnerable. <laughs> you know, fr- from the beginning, and now it's even now with the commissioning or the ordination. It, it's it's. It's gotten even more kind of hammered down. But, you know, at the beginning, everyone, you know, everyone wants the change in the church. Everyone has a thought of how the church should go, et cetera. And I heard and my personality is I sit back and I watch, I observe, I learn, I make a decision, you know, but I've had several comments because I'm quiet for the most part, because because I'm not because I wasn't forceful or or didn't use, you know, tactics that attempted to use my authority. I had a lot of comments saying, you know, but you're the pastor. 
you should put your pastor hat on and put your foot down and fight back and say, this will be done because I said so. Mm-hmm. You know, and every time in any which way that I have heard this, my insides shudder, you know, and even my facial expression kind of shudders. And I have to put on a smile and say, you know, I disagree with you. There are other ways that this battle can be fought. There are other ways this can be done. Just because I am the pastor doesn't also mean that I don't have to follow. That doesn't mean that I skip all the protocol that is put in place. I must follow the protocol as well. Because if I don't follow the guidelines, then that shows that I'm just going on my own authority because I'm the pastor. I, I, I am also one with you. So whatever whatever we are doing, I am following the same guidelines as you. Now, if there is this trouble, and if we're gonna we're gonna try to Matthew eighteen this with 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 one another, and and if still it doesn't matter, then there's a whole other process that we're gonna go to. But I'm not going to force someone or force a force a guideline just because I have a, I have authority behind my name. I can't do that. And so 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 now when we come when we come to um, a verse like this, where we're, we're looking, because we're at verse 14, right? Am I right? Yes. Without your consent, I want you to do nothing. Paul is giving, giving the authority back to Philemon. Right, right. Right. He's saying, listen, this is, this is, this was your slave. I just need to tell you though, how your slave has changed. Right. How he's not a slave anymore. He's my brother. He's mm. your brother. And you know this because you've come to know God, just like Onesimus has come to know God. So I, I, I'm doing this. I'm sending him back to you, and I, and I can free any tab that he has with you. But I, but um, you don't have. So he, what he's saying is, I'm giving him back. You don't have to treat him nicely, but you can. I I urge you to, because. Haven't you come to know God? Right. Haven't you been treated well? You know, um, hasn't your life changed as you've come to know him? Don't you know that this is this is the right thing to do? But again, this is your choice. Wow. I'm just I'm just showing you. I'm just showing you um, what it is. So when when I've had, you know, when we've had issues, et cetera, you know at church when, when, when we have angry, angry members or crying members or, or whatever it may be, I will cry with them. I will cry with them because I feel it. And, 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 and I will hear the anger too. And sometimes I get angry alongside them because, oh yes, that's not right. You know, that's not, but hold, hold on, hold on. At the end of the day, should we act rashly or should we look at every single situation in love? There's no love here, Pastor. Blah, blah. <laughs> okay, all right. I know, I know, I know. There's no love here. But you don't see it. Um, perhaps you, you won't see it. But there is. There is still a way to go around this with gentleness and, and, and love. And, and firmly, firmly we can do this. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes the situations don't always get solved as people want them. However, relationships are spared. Right. That's the key. That's the key. That's the key. Wow. 
Man, Pastor Jen, wow. <laughs> Friends, I have to thank Pastor Jennifer Hernandez for her presence. Mm-hmm. And she spoke about all that gentle firmness. And the church she pastors is a mainly a Caribbean church. And you all know <laughs> how we are from the Caribbean. Rough <laughs> and tough and tumble. But somehow, after, is it is it three years as yet? Or is it going four on? Four years, it's four years. Four years, four years, August. She has, she has not only, and this is August, she has not only survived, but she has thrived. <laughs> mm. I, I have my battle scars. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God for survival and thrive and, and thriving. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor Jen. So Dexter, we have episode 31 coming up next week. And can you tell us what are we going to be looking at? Right, right. So the, the next episode, um, we're going to be doing the book of first john and we are talking about how light and love fights off depression mm. and we have a um psychotherapist um patricia um gustafson coming in again to share the practical way you can look at the book of first john in fact for your homework you go read the book of first john and every time you see the word light and love, ask yourself, how could this help me in a therapeutic manner um, to lift my low-grade depression? Mm. You do that. How could this lift me out of darkness? And I think it's going to bless you. And we have like two more episodes left. Um, so I want you, I really want you to share with us uh, one of the final, final episodes we want your feedback, sending some videos, some one minute videos telling us what episodes blessed you. How did Bible and Mass season two change your life? I know a lot of you follow us from week to week. So we want to hear how you've been touched and blessed. You can send a video, Eduardo. I think you're going to put your email somewhere on the screen so that people know where to email their videos. Um, again, Pastor, Pastor Hernandez. Thank you, you and your family. What a gift you have been to the plantation family. What a rich gift for your leadership, your love, and your 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 deep dedication to Jesus. Um, thank you oh, again. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our audience for continuing to tune in here every week. Um, you know, we premiere this every Sunday evening at 7:30, and you can most definitely see it anytime during the week. Um, please share with your family and friends. And um, to close now, Pastor Jen, if you wouldn't mind praying for us, please. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for all of the examples in your word, especially here in Philemon, Father of forgiveness and restoration. Father, we know it's not easy. God, it's not easy to forgive but Father, also when we do and we come into restoration, what a joy, what a freedom um, that we experience, not only, not only with the one whom we are forgiving and restoring with, Lord, but a freedom in you, Lord, freedom to say, hey, my heart is clear, I am good. So Father, I ask that you be with us, Lord, as we struggle, and it is a struggle, as we struggle to do what you've called us to do, Father, let us remember how 
ultimately you have forgiven, Lord, and have reconciled us to you, Father. And may your example be the one to always lead us into this same path, Lord, of ultimate love for you and for our brethren. Thank you, Father, for hearing this prayer, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Plantation SDA Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for our weekly discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with Season 2 of The Bible Unmasked.